Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, Travis Hamanick is back. The Sens are bringing the 33-year-old right-shot defenseman on a two-year contract. Now with that extension, we're going to take a quick look at just how much room is left for the Ottawa Senators in their cap. And cap? Cat, how much does Alex DeBrinket's situation have to do with this? And if a player of equal value is not returning, are there any UFAs up front who we'd like to see the Senators bring in? All that's coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Lockdown Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Lockdown Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 835 of the Lockdown Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller here in the nation's capital in Ottawa, Ontario. we got to let you know, today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. Today is Wednesday, July 5th in Pilsy. Travis Hamannick gets a two-year, $1.1 million cap hit contract. Your thoughts when you saw that yesterday afternoon? Well, Ross, you were out and I texted you hammer extension. You asked, what's the deal? I told you and both of us, our immediate replies were, we love it. I mean, like this is a good extension for a guy that is clearly wants to stay in Ottawa. We talked about how young this decor really is with hardly anyone uh, that has major NHL experience. And Travis Hamnick is a guy that can add veteran presence to kind of stabilize all these young guys. Now, it's not like these young guys are all fresh rookies and, uh, you know, they don't have any experience. But you look at 21 years old, 23 years old, 24, 24, 26, and 28. No one was even over 30. So I think it's great to bring back Travis Hamnick and at a deal, 1.1 million. That's even less that much less actually than we were talking about. We were talking 1.5, 1.3. So to get him at 1.1, I think is a tidy piece of business for Pierre. Right. Nick Holden, the contract, I think he's kind of replacing in a sense yep. of that six, seven defenseman who can play minutes, stabilize in a locker room as well. We'll get into what Hamannick brings on the ice, but I think a lot of this extension is what he brings off the ice. How much is made of the lack of accountability? And sure, that stems from the head coach. I would say one of the most accountable people on the team is Travis Hamannick. He's always the guy after after losses where it seems like he's the guy speaking to the media. He wore a letter at the end of last season when Thomas Shabbat was out as well. There's clear leadership qualities. And if you don't believe it, just listen to him on TSN 1200 yesterday. Uh, he had a, in a great interview there. It was always Ottawa, he said. Like, I don't understand how fans are so quick to want to push this guy out. And then it's like, why does no one want to play in Ottawa? This guy, he's poured his heart and soul in this team. The hits, the block shots, the shorthanded. Like, one of the best plays of last season doesn't happen if it wasn't for Travis Hamnick blocking four shots in a row. Obviously, I'm talking about the Claude Giroux yep. uh, slap shot goal to put that game away against San Jose. But this guy just bleeds for the team. And 
I love how he says he and Jake Sanderson text all the time in the summer with the 12 year age gap between them. And it just, you know what? He's checking in on the guys. And I just think leadership cannot be understated when it comes to this contract, because as it stands now, you listed off all the ages, their oldest defenseman doesn't speak English. <laughs> yeah. Like, or at least Pierre Dorian knows he speaks a little bit of English. A little. Now. Obviously, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about Artem Zub and his English has come a long way. I'm not putting him down in any sense. But I mean, to be a vocal leader in the locker room, I think Artem Zub would be the first to tell you that's not him. And you have, yeah, Shama Shabbat's worn a letter on this team. He's clearly a leader at 26 years old. But I just think there's there's that veteran reliability, that presence that Travis Hamnick has in a locker room and on the ice. Not to mention, this guy had more points than Eric Branch from last year. This guy's been able to become a player. What was he, third on the team among defensemen in goals? Like he's, yeah. I think he scored seven goals last year. So I just think that he does. He's not a, a negative value when he's on the ice. Maybe he was overplayed in his role last year in terms of five-on-five, 15-plus five, minutes a game. I hope it's closer to 11 or 12 and then make up that extra three, three-and-a-half minutes on the penalty kill. But man, there's just so much value to be had in a guy at a $1.1 million cap it. Yeah, and just for context's sake, one point people that are outraged at the $1.1 million. This I, re- I saw someone say that this is the worst offseason in Sen's history. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, but this is like when people were outraged that Boro signed a $1.1 million extension. And with term, right? Didn't he get three years on that? I forget it was three or two, but like... Either way, the cap hit is very little. And that's when the cap was even less. So to put it into proper perspective, Ross, Travis Hamnick at 1.1 million is taking up 1.3% of the cap. Or $400,000 less than Matt Murray to not play for the team. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But before we get into more of that, I want to touch on what you talked about off the ice. Because I think sometimes fans get lost in the idea that Hockey is all about analytics and numbers and and cap and everything. And you kind of forget that this isn't a group of of 23 statistics working together to uh, have the best Corsi at all times. Like, sure, that's important. But you got to remember, this is a group of people and these are their careers. And you need guys that can fill certain roles. And we just mentioned it. There, there's not really that veteran presence. And you bring Travis Hamannick in, and he's someone that has a lot of experience. He plays a hard-nosed game. He's one of the leaders in block shots on this team. He's one of the leaders in hits. He's one of the leaders in penalty kill. And you need guys that have that kind of mentality and style of play to support the other guys that are the analytical darlings, that are the younger uh, up-and-coming studs. So I just think that sometimes people forget that there's more that goes on in a hockey team other than just the the stats like that. That's something that I think fans kind of lose sight of it. And you alluded to it like Jake Sanderson. He's a big, big fan of Travis Hamannick. And you can sit there and be like, oh, well, Hamannick brought him down more than anything. Blah, blah, blah. If you want to say that, if Jake Sanderson says he likes playing with Hamannick and it's uh and it's uh, a benefit for him. I'll take that. It's it's like uh, the Toronto Blue Jays tweet, Ross. Who's your source? Literally us, the Toronto Blue Jays. Like literally, Jake Sanderson is the source saying Travis Hamnick provides value to this team. So I'll take his word for it. Travis Hamnick's played 94 games with the Ottawa Senators. Has 24 points and an even rating, which I think is better than most defensemen on this team. He's led them in shorthanded time on ice over that span. Last year had 143 blocks second most on the team as well. And Pilsy, 
looking at the schedule here, cool moment alert. Travis Hamnick, seven games away from 800 in his career. If he plays in the first six games in the next segment, we're going to talk about the decor, the cap hit. Is Hamnick the six or the seven guy? It would be on Long Island against the team that drafted him. And nice. we love a good story like that. We absolutely do. Yeah. And and I want to touch on another thing. There was outrage that a player that signed a two-year, $1.1 million deal was given a no-move clause. The People were losing their minds about this. First off, again, this is 1.3% of the cap. It's two years. That's- and next year, it's going to be probably under 1% of the cap. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So this isn't massive, massive stuff. And I'd like to spin zone it this way. People are like, why are you giving an aging veteran uh, no-move clause, blah, blah, blah. Look, Travis Hamnick said in his interview on TSN 1200, it was always Ottawa. He wanted to be here. It's so important for him and his family. I'm going to spin zone the no-move clause as a good thing. He's like, look, I want to be in Ottawa so damn bad. I'll take a, a pay cut. He was making, th- oh, was it over $3 million? It was $3 million. Yeah, he was making $3 mil, so that's a significant pay cut. And he's like, the most important thing to me is to make sure that I'm staying in Ottawa. My family loves it here. It's uh, the perfect spot for us. We connect. I connect with the team, the players. Like, I don't know. It, it's just, it blows my mind to think that people are blowing this up so much that it's such a big deal when it's, it, it's really not. So I, I'm actually going to take the no move clause uh, part of it uh, as a positive because how long have you been saying it's tough to keep guys in Ottawa? It's hard to bring free agents to Ottawa. People, I mean, one guy that's an RFA right now that isn't exactly stoked to stay in Ottawa, or it seems that way. So to have someone like Travis Hamnick, who's been around, he's been on many different teams throughout his career, emphatically say, this is where I want to be, that's a good thing. Two players on the Ottawa Senators have full no-movement clauses, which means you can't be assigned to Belleville, like Nikita Zaitsev was, right? He had a modified no-trade clause, but was able to be assigned to Belleville. Who are the two players on Ottawa with no movement clauses? I'm going to say Claude Drew's the other one. Claude Drew's the other one. It's, it's a, important for veterans. It's an important thing yeah. for guys with families. And I know some people, and, and fair enough, there's a very big difference of NBA and NHL. Just look at the total money being signed in the NBA. But apparently only one guy in the NBA has a full no-move clause. Hmm. One. I mean, uh, yeah, and the NBA, the trades and offseason is crazy. Yeah. It's different. I think hockey and, and everything that's already been the precedent that's set, you can't just kind of pick and choose. I don't know. I don't mind it. I think that it's great that he wants to be in Ottawa. I think that part can't be understated. And I, I think that it's great to have a veteran presence, a guy over 30 on the back end who doesn't have to play 82 games. How many games will Travis Hamnick play? And what's left with the $9 million that the Senators have to play with, with still Shane Pinto to sign and the Alex DeBrincat situation to figure out. We'll discuss that, and then we'll get into some remaining UFAs because Vladimir Tarasenko, hand up. On this show yesterday, I took uh, one, one main reporter who's broken a ton of news, and she said it's all signs pointing that Vladimir Tarasenko is going to Carolina. Now it's 30 hours later and still nothing. Is that connected to Alex DeBrincat? We'll put our tinfoil hats on later in this show. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. And for a good reason, right off the bat, it's my favorite sportsbook app. 
The app is simple, safe, secure, easy to use. And if you love baseball season, we're in the thick of it here. I got good news for you. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Math guy, 20 bucks. You'll land $200 in bonus bets. Here's the key though, Ross, win or lose. That's huge. So all on an app that you're going to love. Honestly, compare that app to any other uh, competitor's app, and I think you'll end up choosing FanDuel's app over and over and over. I know I did. There's so much fun things to bet on, and there's many, many different ways to get in on the action. So there's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So go sign up today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Today's episode is also brought to you by Glebe Central Pub. Yes, the Glebe Central Pub is back with Locked On Senators. We are so happy to have Glebe Central Pub back. You know we love our friends at Glebe Central Pub. You can find the Glebe Central Pub right in the heart of the Glebe. They are at 779 Bank Street. I walked by the other day. I was going down to the Red Blacks game, and I noticed that they've got the garage door style. So they open that up, get the flow in there. So. I know patio drinks are great, and they do have a little patio set up if you want to grab a bite outside, but sometimes you want to beat the heat. Yesterday with the Humidex here in Ottawa, it was 38 degrees. So if you want to beat the heat, get inside, go have a pint or two or three over at the Glebe Central Pub. It's great food, great people, great drinks, and they always have events. So I'm on their Instagram right now. Every Tuesday is trivia night. They've got viewing parties for Athletico Ottawa. Big-time soccer vibes in the summer at Glebe Central Pub. $5 tacos every Thursday only at the Glebe Central Pub. Tomorrow, $5 tacos. Make some time for Glebe Central Pub. We love them. They're back. They're the postcast sponsor, too, for next season. So go support them. Let them know that Locked On Senators sent you Go visit them at the Glebe Central Pub, right in the heart of the Glebe at 779 Bank Street. All right, Pillsy, segment two here, Locked On Senators Live from Ottawa, our last live show for a little while. Yeah, unfortunately, it's so much fun to, to do it in person and to get a chance to do uh, interviews in person with players, coaches, general managers. So, yep, it's great to be back in Ottawa and hopefully be back here sooner rather than later. The home opener is put that in permanent marker. That is happening. And we have been in touch with our ticket rep with the Ottawa Senators. We are hoping to do something similar. And now that we know the demand, hopefully we don't have to do 200 tickets at a time because they got scooped up like Taylor Swift tickets. (laughs) Yeah, I remember us being like, okay, here's the tickets. Put the link out and they're scooped up. And we're like, we're like, hope we can sell them all. Yeah. (laughs) And we kept it was like three back and forth emails being like, Hey, yeah. we need more tickets. Hey, we need more tickets. Hey, we need more tickets. So keep that energy going. And we're going to have a sold out CTC up against the flyers uh, for sure. And recall that Claude Giroux scored his thousandth point in the last home game last year. Ooh. So against Philly, great vibes. Like we said yep. with Hamnick, 800th game coming up. Could it be on long Island? Let's get into that a little bit more here. I'm going to pull up Travis Hamnick's card. If you're watching on YouTube, because I think it is worth noting the numbers are good. Like I, I, that's kind of what's blowing my mind here the most is that 
there's nothing here that's egregious at all. 21 points in 75 games. He had more points down the stretch than a lot of defensemen on this team. When they needed someone to step up, it was the hammer. Wadush, wadush, 143 block shots, averaging three minutes and 16 seconds on the penalty kill every single game. And you talk about Jake Sanderson and helping him out. Jake Sanderson's the only player with more shorthanded time on ice per game by one second. So that was the first pair out on the ice every PK. But Pilsy, I think it's pretty clear. He's not playing with Jake Sanderson this year. The Senators' decor, too deep. Chikrin in the mix, healthy. Shabbat, healthy. Zub, $4.6 million extension. So do you like the fit with Hamnick playing with Eric Brandstrom, which you would got to think is the third pair on paper right now yeah I, I agree with you I think the I think maybe part of the outrage of the Hamnick signing is people jumping to conclusions and being like oh DJ Smith's gonna put him with Jake Sanderson and he can't be playing in the top six or top four and that's gonna bump Jacob Chicken down and people are kind of just unraveling that I don't see that happening uh, a big part of the reason why Hamnick was playing so high in the lineup is they didn't have other better options really and then when Chicken came in sure he wasn't always a part of the top four, but he wasn't there that long. And I think we're not going to have that issue. Now, you asked, is uh, Hamannick and Branstrom a third pair I'm comfortable with? Absolutely. And uh, I'll echo your statements of, I don't understand where people are getting these narratives that he's been bad or there's bad stats or anything like that. And, and people kind of... Uh, and he's objectively funny with the, the beaver taps. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is hilarious. Um, and people are like, he's an old, a slow veteran. I mean, this guy's like 32, 33 years old. Like, let's not talk about him like he's entering his 40s here just because he's the oldest guy in this decor. Birthday's coming up August 16th. He'll be 33. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, so... If you want to get into advanced analytics, Ross, let's get the calculators out here. But I'm on uh, Natural Stat Trick right now. Great resource if you're looking for advanced analytics. I always use it. And Travis Hamnick and Eric Branstrom played 57 minutes together. And their Corsi 4 percentage is 61.74. Like, what's Corsi? That's <laughs> you, can, you can find that out for yourself. Um, or... Do you want me to fully explain it? Yeah, for the people. Okay, so you're looking at block shots, missed shots. One more. Shots one. towards the net. Shot attempts. Shot attempts. That's the one. Four. And then, obviously, you take that shots, shot attempts, block shots, missed shots against, and you create a percentage there. And so they're sitting at 61.74%. So I really think that that's a great number. And you get your yin and yang pair. Brandy can bring the puck up the ice. Travis Hamannick can keep things shut down and do a good job playing more defensive role. And I think that's a really good third pair there. Me too. I do too. And you look, they were only on the ice, as you mentioned, for just under 60 minutes, which is the equivalent of a full game. Uh, they won that game 5-1. They were on the ice for five goals, 4-1 against during their 57 minutes of five-on-five five last season. So I, I like the fit as well. Brandy loves holding on to the puck, like being able to have it coming out of his own zone and breaking it out. And this is kind of a perfect situation, I think, where he he played well with Nick Holden even last year. Brandy's numbers whichever defense that he's with playing anyone. with yeah. are better. So I think that it's a great fit. Now, what does Jacob Bernard Docker have to do to beat out Travis Hamnick and be in the opening night lineup? Yeah, that's the real question here. And we've heard from Pierre Dorian and he's confirmed uh, with us that JBD does have the inside track to be that uh, right to hand defenseman on that third pair. 
it's going to be interesting. And the thing I like about the Hamnick signing too is it doesn't give JBD just a warm, comfy spot there. You got to earn it. And I think that's good because Jacob Bernard Docker has the qualities to be that guy, but he hasn't he hasn't knocked the door down and he hasn't forced the sense. Like if he had, Travis Hamnick probably doesn't get that extension, right? So I think he's going to really have to work on being a good defensive player. He's going to have to work on uh, killing penalties. He's going to have to work on being more physical. I'm talking about JBD here. So he's going to have to re- have a really good camp to beat out Hamnick in that spot because I like this is a guy with a lot of pride, Hamnick. He's a veteran and he wants to be here. He's going to be working hard to keep that spot. But even still, JBD on a one way contract, I think they keep 7D throughout the year. You go through guys so consistently, right? It's the NHL. It's a hard schedule. Even just getting guys a rest day here and there wouldn't be the end of the world. But injuries obviously do happen. The Senators know that very well yep. with what's happened the last few years here. I think that, that the seven that are up on the screen right now, if you're on YouTube, if not, Shabbat Chikrin, Sanderson Zub, Brantstrom Hamannick, JBD getting in the mix there with Hamannick. That is as good of a Sens decor as I can think of in a long, long time. Maybe even before Eric Carlson, because he wasn't surrounded always with five other guys with that much talent. I might even have to go back to the last time it was Phillips, Volchenkov, Red, and Chara. Like that's how that's how solid top to bottom. When healthy, this decor is. This is the best decor we've seen in a long time. And I think uh, we put out this graphic on Twitter and it was overwhelming responses. Love this decor. Yep. Best decor we've had in a while. Good depth, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like in one breath, they're like, damn, an exciting suck. <laughs> Next breath. Wow. This decor has really got good depth. It's good. Yeah, exactly. And and I'll take, uh, I'll rhyme off a little bit of stats about, let's say Hamnick ends up being the seventh defenseman and JBD does earn that spot, which I'm fine with as well. He's a veteran. He's on a low contract. If he has to spend some time, some time in the press box to get JBD some playing, that's okay. Eric Branstrom and JBD, Similar uh, stats to uh, Travis Hamannick and Eric Branson. 55 minutes played together, and but the Corsi 4% is actually a little lower at 51.43, but anything above 50% is pretty decent. So that's another good third pair, and then you've got that top four that we just looked at there. and Penn. Permanent marker. What did I say? Hieroglyphics? Yeah, he said the hieroglyphics, yeah. Uh, so... Either way, I just think this team is set up for success with the way the back end is, with the way the top six is uh, so stacked. And now that you got your goaltending tandem set, I just think they're set up for success. And Ross, what are we even saying? Playoffs are bust. No, no excuses. excuses. And they're, they're starting to build a roster that can back that up, in my opinion. So Jacob Bernard Docker only averaged 24 seconds per game on the penalty kill last year in his 19 games. And I'm not saying it's putting too much pressure on him to not have Travis Hamnick in the lineup, but get this. Sends leaders in shorthanded ice time last year. We already mentioned Sanderson, number one, Travis Hamnick, number two, Zaitsev, number three, Nick Holden, number four. I'm not saying that that's a good thing, especially with Zaitsev, but you do have to replace those minutes. Yep. And I think that not having Travis Hamnick there, all of a sudden, that's a, a total of over 11 and a half minutes of, of PK per game yeah. that you're missing out on. So Travis Hamannick, welcome back, spends his summers in Winnipeg, and he's got the quad racetrack in his backyard, he was saying. He's got the kids uh, taken care of there, but he's really excited to get back to Ottawa. And 
We're excited to have him here. And and this is not a new take. People should no. know that we've been on the Travis Hamnick train Especially you. for the last little while. I'm excited to see him back and what he can do in a little bit of a more limited role for the Senators. Now, we still have to get to the cap situation, and we're each going to highlight one UFA who we think could be in the mix if this Debrinka trade is going down sooner rather than later. And I say sooner rather than later because, Pilsy, the way this cap shakes out, there's no room. For an eight plus million dollar player. How is it going to work? We'll talk about that next. You're listening to Locked on Senators. All right, Pillsy. Listen to Locked on Senators, your team every day. Shout out to the everydayers out there, Monday through Friday. We are. Locked on Senators. You can follow us on YouTube. Subscribe, please. Road to 6,000. Basically there. Close. So make it happen. Tell a friend. Be a friend. Appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter at Send Central and Instagram Locked on dot Senators. If you missed it yesterday, the general manager stopped by live in person. And it's the first of seven in-person interviews yeah. that we are going to get to. The editing takes a little bit longer for that. We've got like three camera set up doing all that. Martian's helping out too. So. Those will trickle out throughout the summer over the next month. But Pilsy, where does the Sens cap situation look right now? Because we have covered this team for 835 episodes and the cap has never mattered until today. I think might be the first day with now you look at Hamnick, the decor set, the goalies are set. How are they going to be able to construct their forward group with what's left? Well, Ross, the only t other time the cap mattered was when the Sens struggled to reach the cap floor yeah we're like oh man <laughs> remember it was like was it tyler, tyler Ennis? Ennis. <laughs> they brought in we're like man they're like a million dollars short of the cap floor what are we doing and then enter brady that's brady kachuk's music new extension yeah and it was all good but as of right now on cap friendly the ottawa centers have a projected cap space of nine million one hundred and seventy thousand dollars so i mean if you're looking at alex to that's going to take up a lot of that chunk. I I don't know, Ross. At this point, I've the cat is pretty much gone. Out of the bag. Uh, yeah, the cat's out of the bag here. Uh, I don't see a world where this works because they still got to get Shane Pinto in here. I think everything, Shane Pinto, Igor Sokolov, these types of uh, RFA deals are kind of hinging and waiting on Alex Brinkett news. In my opinion, Ross, I think we're at a point now where Alex DeBrinket trade will bring back assets, prospects, picks, that kind of thing that the senators can use to free up cap space and then use those assets to uh, trade for someone that um, can fill that top six role. That That's where I'm kind of of the mind thinking. I don't think the Alex DeBrinket trade will directly bring a top six forward back. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. I really am. And honestly... Starting to look at the way the 23-man roster is, is constructed here. And just for, for completeness sake, I, I will let you know that we have uh, taken Alex Debrinkit out of the projected roster because yep. it's it just it's not gonna work. But when you look at the spaces that are created when Alex Debrinkit is removed from this lineup, call me crazy. That's crazy. okay. I've been called cra crazy. I've been called crazy before. I think the Sens need a player who can play on the third line more than the second line. What? Yeah. <laughs> call, call me crazy. That is crazy. Who's going to play on the second line if that, you only get a third line? That's where... Okay, so the second line, hypothetically, is Josh Norris at center okay. and Drake Batherson at right wing. I wouldn't even say hypothetically. I would say that's locked in. I just see the way that 
both the Florida Panthers and Vegas Golden Knights were constructed mm-hmm. where they had duos and the third player on the line can be the supporting player. Okay. And maybe a player who isn't a second line player. Maybe that's one of the prospects that, yep. that Pierre Dorian was talking to us about because he mentioned five guys by name. Could Ridley Gregg be a second line left winger and 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 play that complementary role? Could Roby Arventi? Could Igor Sokolov? Those are the types of players I think you put with two established players that have chemistry. Yep. And then you worry about like Pinto and Joseph, I think might need someone more than Norris and Batherson. That's where I'm coming from here, where they might need that extra push. No, that's a fair point. And, and that kind of lends to the the narrative I've been pushing, that the Sens don't need a top six guy. They need a five, six guy. So you're saying even a seven, eight guy could play on that top uh, or that second line. And then you get like a, no, a I driver think a, on the third line. A driver on the third line, or at least a guy who can distribute the puck a little bit more. We know Pinto's yeah, okay. a, a shoot first center. I mean, Thomas Tatar just would be so perfect. I don't think he's coming here, <laughs> but he would be perfect in terms of a guy who makes players around him better. I think Pinto being a shoot first center and worrying about the defensive responsibility, I think it's a lot to ask for him to control the pace of play in the yep, offensive zone at this point. And Joseph, yeah, he's a speed burner. But I also worry about maybe the offensive hockey Putting sense. any pucks in the net. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So if you're watching on YouTube as well, we've pulled up this 23-man roster. And that fourth-line wing position, that can be filled, I think, internally. Uh, we already have a leading candidate for that one. Boko Imama. Let's go. <laughs> now, if that's going to be a, a full-time gig for him or if that's something that's going to be a bit of a revolving door with yep. maybe a Cole Reinhardt, who's Pierre Dorian yes. brought up, and David Bell brought up as a guy he wants to see take another step forward yep. next year. Uh, could that be a guy who gets games this season? Or are, are we going to see the Senators, if they aren't bringing back Alex to bring that opens up the door here for maybe they get two players at $3 million contracts because Shane Pinto is the only RFA left to sign internally outside of Alex to Who's in a different category for me right now. I don't know. I, I see the decor. It looks great. I see the goaltending. There's, there's questions for sure around Corpus Allo up to last year, but I'm confident like positive th- sandwich for Corpus Allo. Yes. I saw you make a sandwich by the way, yesterday it was bottom bun first. I saw <laughs> it. I called you out on it. Got to figure it out. But, now. Like, am I crazy to say that? Because with nine point two million dollars right now, let's let's earmark two for Shane Pinto. Is that fair? Two? Sure. That that's probably on. Uh, I don't know actually. I I'm not. Depends on the term. But yeah. Sure. Well, let's say two. They've discussed one to eight year deals. Yeah. With, that's what I mean. Yeah. With Shane Pinto. So that really is the X factor. Like, here's here's what I'll ask. Okay. Do you think Shane Pinto's deal comes in before or after the Alex DeBrinket trade? 99.9% sure it will come in after. Yeah. It would kind of be nice to have that roster assurance beforehand, like knowing what your cap is at. Yeah. Going into next. I'm sure Doran has a pretty good idea with the agent though. Oh yeah. So, so. man, um, now how, do- how many players need to be added to this? There's three open spots for us. Plus the 13th, 14th forward, which again, how many of those can be filled internally out of if it is a 23 man roster. And again, I think Ottawa more likely to just have one extra forward, one extra defenseman. That's what they carried a lot of last season. We'll call it the Gambrell spot or the Catholic spot for a lot of last season. Like how many of these need to be filled externally? I think uh, I'll, I'll work backwards. 
one spot needs to be filled internally. I'll, I'll say that for sure, right? Because you need a ELC or a low contract that can not uh, bust the bank cap wise. And then I think you need, we'll call it a middle six forward externally. I don't think you mentioned Ridley Gregg, uh, Roby Arventi, Igor Sokolov as a guy that could play on that second line. I'm I'm not sure. Crooker? I love that. Nah, no, like, Crooker could be I that fourth line winger. That's the thing. I just I don't think he's ready for that. Can, can he get to a place where he's ready for that? Absolutely. I think he has the potential, but I don't think where the Senators are trying to go next year that that would be fair to put him in that position. For sure. Um, he was just the other guy that Pierre Dorian mentioned to us as a guy who could make the team out of camp. Yep, absolutely. That's fair. So I really think that you need to whether it's free agent or trade, and uh, I'll I'll let I'll snap it back to you if you have free agents you want to plug in here because I've got a different uh, frame of mind that I'm going to go with. But I'll final answer one spot internally and two spots externally. I was going to go two spots ex two spots internally, one spot externally. Okay. And the guy who I have my eye on, and maybe maybe this is just me kind of buying into the hype, but I'm seeing one year deals all over the place. I think a lot of people, and this is why I I'm honestly not really blaming Debrinket that much because he's never asked for a trade, he's never done this or that. It's always been he wants to cash in next summer, no matter what. Yep. Now. At 31 years old, if Vladimir Tarasenko were to take a one-year contract, that could be a good replacement. Yep, definitely. Uh, the thing with Tarasenko, though, is there's some major injury concerns as of late. And if you're kind of relying on him to fill in the points that Alex Dabrinkit did, you're, you're taking a risk. And anytime, anytime you sign any free agent other than Claude Giroux, you're taking a risk. <laughs> other than Claude Giroux. <laughs> I mean, I told you already, though, Thomas Tatar would actually, I'd prefer him to Tarasenko. Agreed. I, I, I'm one surprised that he hasn't gotten a deal yet. But two, I think, I think he's one of those players, Ross, that is going to be waiting for the landscape to kind of settle and teams to fully figure out their cap before he ends up signing a deal personally. Fair. Okay. So, so those are the two names that I want to throw out there mostly, but how about you? So I'm not looking at, uh, obviously uh, we've talked about Tatar was one of the top guys on my list. I, I agree. I think that's uh, that's a good option free agency, but I, I, I mentioned, I think, the Debrinka deal is not going to bring back a top six guy because, like, it just doesn't really make sense how many teams are are going to want to swap a top six guy for a top six guy unless there's there's a very interesting one though RFA for RFA we're hearing Anaheim's in talks okay or at least have made an offer that would be decent Troy Terry. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I'm, I have no knowledge about it. Just RFA for RFA. We've seen that happen before where it's like, hey, both guys, give them a fresh start. Yeah. Although I don't know if Troy Terry really needs a fresh start. The guy was unreal the last couple of years on a bad team. The only thing is, Ross, this it's similar to the decor. There's a lot of youth on that top six. I wouldn't yeah. mind getting someone with a little more. And he's uh, honestly probably too expensive. We just said only nine point two million. I really think they need to focus on the a three million dollar forward to replace Alex Debrinka, which is a lot to ask. And you're you're really you're really getting Josh Norris to replace the Brinket in well, terms of money. And that's what I said. You got the Josh Norris clause, right? Josh Norris hopefully fills in the production. So I think they're gonna use assets to acquire a player. Guys I'm looking at is Connor Garland. That's a perfect third Tra that's trade though. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I'm not looking at going the free agent route to replace this. I'm looking at trades because you want guys with term. And uh Connor Garland is sitting at four point nine five million for three years. 
he doesn't have any sort of no move, no trade clause. Vancouver, I think, is dealing with some cap issues here. They're pretty close up to it. So that's a guy I would be targeting, and I think they would be interested in picking up future assets. And then another guy, and we've talked a lot about this, Ross, uh, that I'm very interested in, and he's someone that I've wanted for a while, Travis Connect. Yeah, what's the deal on him? He's got $5.5 million for two years now. He can play either sides of the wing. So that would more be your your second line winger replacement. Oh, definitely. But then you're looking at these guys. Let's let's call it around five million. Uh, Gar- Garland just under uh Konechny, half a million over. Now you've got three, four, not a math guy, three, four million dollars to play with. You can easily get Pinto in there and have a little space left over to sign a veteran fourth line guy or even, you know, an, another third line guy. Or so, save it for brass when he makes a team out of camp after his comeback. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sure. So that's the mindset I'm going with. And I think that those are attainable things. And like Travis connecting, that's a guy I'm sure the flyers are kind of dangling out there. They're doing a full fire sale right now. So those are two kind of options and routes that I would look at to try to replace Alex to bring it. Yeah, no, that's great. Let us know in the comments who you would replace Alex to bring it with. And are you hoping to get an NHL, like make an NHL trade, as they say, like the, you know, line a for Dubois comes to mind a few others where it's like, Hey, you're both getting different needs, but you're both getting NHL players. Or would you be happy at this point to try to get, one of those UFAs that I mentioned, Tarasenko, or even a Thomas Tatar, or would you be willing to even flip the assets you get if they are future assets to a Philadelphia for Travis Konechny? Well, and the thing, I just want to touch on one more before we wrap up here. The thing is, if you're going to go the free agent route, Ross, you're going to have to pay them a little bit more than their value, and you're probably going to have to tack on a year or two more than you'd like, right? Like that's that's how free agency goes these days, unless players are doing one year deals where they're like, okay, I'm going to have a big year, like the kind of like the Taylor Hall uh, Buffalo type deal. I'm going to have one year. I'm going to play really well, up my value, or get traded, and I'll move on from there. So I just think that the proper way to get, you know, true more appropriate value is to have guys that are already signed and you don't have to have the free agency bump that they're probably going to get in term and AAV. Yeah, no, very fair. It's going to be interesting to see, but one thing's for sure. The Sens decor is set. I'm confident in it. Pillsy is, but do you have any concerns? Let us know that in the comments as well. Pillsy, final thoughts on today's show. Final thoughts for me is thank you for welcoming me back home, Ottawa. I, I love being here. It's awesome in the summer. I got to drive back home, back to the chicken farm for me, Ross. Uh, so it's been a lovely, lovely visit to our nation's capital. Always love having you, buddy. Final Absolutely. thoughts for me. Happy birthday to the man who made me a sense fans my old man's birthday today so we're gonna have a barbecue tonight and um yeah celebrate that then i'm back to winnipeg we'll have a show tomorrow i'll be doing it from here pills will be back in collingwood and then it's time to release the david bell interview which is absolutely <laughs> sick i think you guys are really gonna enjoy that so stay tuned for that and more make sure you're following the show on social media locked on dot senators on instagram and send central on twitter and subscribe be a friend, tell a friend, subscribe on YouTube, help us get to 6,000. We appreciate that so much. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day.